you're listening to the Nonprofit Buildup Podcast, and I'm your host, Nick Campbell. I want to support movements that can interrupt cycles of injustice and inequity and shift power towards vulnerable and marginalized communities. I've spent years working in and with nonprofits and philanthropies, and I know how important infrastructure is to outcomes. On this show, we'll talk about how to build capacity to transform the way you and your organization work. Hi, everyone. It's Steph, BuildUp's Executive Portfolio Liaison. During this week and next at the nonprofit BuildUp is a two-part series solocast presentation by BuildUp's CEO, A. Nicole Campbell, where she reflects and provides a thought-provoking perspective on what it means for organizations, philanthropies, and grassroots movements to have legal capacity as capacity building. Recent events, such as the overturning of Roe v. Wade, mass shootings across America, and other recent historic tragedies have shown the importance of institutions needing to have the capacity to build bravely. In this episode, Nick dives into the direct role that legal capacity has to build in a way that lasts. You won't want to miss it. And with that, here is part one of Legal Capacity as Capacity Building with A. Nicole Campbell. Hi, everyone. It's Nick. I'm doing a solo cast, so it's just going to be me today. And I hope that everyone is doing the best they can in these very interesting times, very scary times in which we find ourselves. We are dealing with mass shootings, mass killings in the United States in particular, and the world we live in as we know it has significantly changed, right? We have just most recently Roe v. Wade, the overturning of that decision. And, you know, the list really goes on and on. So I hope that everyone is finding ways to do their best work in these very challenging times because it's more important than ever how we show up to each other, to ourselves, and to the communities that we're serving. I think that we all can agree that we have to be strong. We have to be stronger than we've ever been, particularly now. Us as people, as individuals, as groups, as communities, our institutions need to be stronger. And when we talk about institutions, we're definitely talking about nonprofits, right? philanthropies, those within the sector. And when I think about How do we make organizations stronger? How do we build them to withstand all of the things that we are facing right now and that will come in the future? I think about capacity building, right? How are we set up to do our very best work? Do we have the capacity to do our very best work so that when these kinds of crises keep recurring, or come up again, and we know that they will, right? It's just a matter of time. How are we set up to do our very best work and to be our very best selves, right? And I'm talking about organizations and the people within them, the systems within them as well. Now, here's the problem. Leaders of these organizations are burnt out. We talk about it with ourselves. We talk about it amongst ourselves. We talk about it in the communities that we're working in, that the leaders of these organizations that are doing incredible work, right? They're supporting vulnerable, marginalized communities. They are burnt out. They're being overworked. They don't have enough funding to do their work. So they are taking on 
multiple jobs at once. They're wearing all kinds of hats. We joke around about, you know, leaders wearing 15 different hats and they're switching off these hats. They're playing CEO and CFO and COO, all kinds of leadership roles, their own assistants. They're just providing so much support and leverage to others, but they also have to provide it to themselves. So they are understandably burnt out. And leaders of color are even more burnt out. Right. We've seen the data. We've seen the reports come out that leaders of color are burnt out at even higher rates than leaders that are not of color that are within the sector. So we can agree that the leaders of these organizations, of these institutions, that we need these organizations themselves to be strong. The leaders that are running them, that are leading them, that are taking them to the next level are burnt out themselves, right? So they don't even have the capacity to do their best work often. The systems, right, in which these leaders are operating, that these organizations have within them, they're sometimes non-existent. There are often no systems. People are just doing what they're doing because, again, they're trying to get by with the little resources that they have. So they often don't have that time, the space, the money or the resources to develop systems and frameworks of how they want to act within these organizations. So a lot of times what we're seeing is that these systems are non-existent. They're not around. So imagine having to create and lift and provide leverage and do all these things when each and every day is probably different because you have no system in place. And if you do have a system in place, there's lots of work that has to be done right? In order for it to function at a level that makes sense to help folks, uh, teams within the organization, individuals within organization to do their best work. When we take a look at the governance structures within these organizations, a lot of boards are disengaged, right? And even if the board members are engaged, sometimes they don't really understand what it means to be an effective board member for the organization at that stage of its development, right? It's not that folks don't know how to help leaders or that they're not passionate about the work is that they don't necessarily know how to provide the best kind of capacity or leverage to those leaders at that particular time of that organization's development and existence, right? So we have all of these things coming to bear, leaders being burnt out, systems being non-existent or not working optimally boards being disengaged or not necessarily having the tools that they need to provide the right kind of oversight and accountability that the organization needs. And when we step out of the organization and we look at the networks that leaders might have, that the organization itself might have built, these networks are also tapped out. They're exhausted because all of the organizations within these networks are also feeling the same things I just described. So this is the problem that we understand that we need capacity building. We need to have capacity to do our best work. But then we look around and we realize the places and the people from which we would get that capacity, it's not there. So what's the solution, right? What do we need to do? We're in these super challenging times. We know we need the capacity. We can't necessarily tap the places that we think that we can tap. So what do we do? The solution, right, you hear a lot, is capacity building. There's lots of different capacity building programs, and I love to see it. Every time I hear about a capacity building program, I get excited because I want to hear how funders, 
how nonprofits are thinking about capacity, how they're thinking about building it, how they're thinking about maintaining it, providing additional leverage. I love to hear all of it. And so when I hear these programs and they're talking about capacity building, I think about program support, right? I see a lot of capacity building programs around how do we strengthen your program strategy? How do we help you with your strategic planning? I think that's amazing. There's leadership support now that's coming out. Like how do we support leaders in smaller organizations that may not have the team there to provide additional leverage? So how do we provide you with that capacity? How do we help you build your team? How do we just provide you some support so that you're not feeling so burnt out? And so again, when I see these programs, I'm like, this is great, right? We are getting at the root of a lot of these issues around capacity. And, you know, here at the Build-Up Companies, we focus on infrastructure. So I love to see those programs. I think they are essential. They are critical in how organizations are being built up. And I also want to hear how we are building capacity in terms of infrastructure. And when we talk about infrastructure, we're talking about governance, We're talking about grant-making processes and systems, and we're talking about how organizations are structured, their compliance needs, what is their compliance capacity, right, to meet those compliance needs? Are they set up in the right vehicle to do their best work? All those kinds of questions. Those are the kinds of things that come to mind when we start thinking about infrastructure. So I like to see capacity-building programs focused on how are we building up that structure, that framework of the organization in addition to the programmatic strategy, in addition to the support that we're giving to leadership. Because if we're not also focused on the infrastructure and the frameworks, that's not really building capacity. And so within build-up companies, we use different vehicles, right, when we think about infrastructure, because we understand that there are different parts of infrastructure and different ways to go about it. So we talk a lot about Build Up Advisory Group, which is our advisory firm that works for brave nonprofits and philanthropies and really is focused on strengthening capacity within infrastructure. So within governance, grant making, structuring of organizations themselves and really going in and working alongside leaders to say, This is how we're going to build up this infrastructure within the organization, right? So we not only assess it, but then we go in and say, now that we've assessed it, now let's help you build, right? So we're working hand in hand in doing that. We also have Build Up Inc., which is our nonprofit capacity builder that provides fiscal sponsorship, right? We work with women-led and BIPOC-led projects and initiatives and organizations literally around the globe that are doing such brave work right? Working with vulnerable and marginalized communities to make sure that their voices are being heard and they're not being invisibilized, right? So these projects really run the gamut. But essentially, we're trying to build the capacity of these projects, right? Particularly grassroots, community-led initiatives and projects. How do we give them the capacity to do their best work? And so that's what Build Up Inc., the nonprofit is focused on. And we also have the Campbell Law Firm, right, which is a law firm that works with brave social impact entrepreneurs and philanthropists, nonprofits and philanthropies in order to be their trusted legal advisor and thought partner. And we take those phrases, those descriptions very seriously. And so as a law firm, we really try to show up differently. Right. And so you might automatically be thinking or at this point be thinking, 
well, wait a minute, we're talking about infrastructure. I get Build Up Advisory Group. I get Build Up Inc. We're talking about an advisory firm. We're talking about a fiscal sponsor. That is all about capacity building. Why are we talking about the law firm? And that's what I want to focus on today. I want to focus on legal capacity as part of capacity building, right? The way we hold it at the build-up companies is that capacity building is a very big phrase, right? It can encompass so many different things. As I mentioned, a lot of times we hear about strategic planning, programmatic support, leadership support. We even hear about financial support. We hear about financial capacity building, building up financial systems. And we really wanted to focus on governance, grant making, and structuring. And the legal piece of this touches on all of that. And it also gets into how do you build your capacity when you're an organization that has no legal capacity, right? Could you imagine being an organization, you're doing all this capacity building and you have no legal team that is helping you with your risk management, your legal compliance, the legal questions that are coming up, helping you be proactive. How are you able to say we have built capacity? And so the position that we take at BuildUp is that legal capacity is a critical component of capacity building. What kind of legal support do you have to make your organization stronger? How are you using your legal resources to build the capacity of your leadership, of your organization itself, of your infrastructure? And if you haven't thought about these questions, I want you to use this time to really think about it because I think it's an often overlooked part of capacity building. You know, think about it. You don't really hear folks talking about legal support as part of capacity building programs. When you hear capacity building, you hear a lot of consultants sort of coming in and helping to build out your capacity. Like I said, they're working with you on strategic planning. They're working with you on leadership. You might see a coach talked about here and there. It's very rare, and I have not yet seen it, where lawyers are actually being included as part of that capacity building. But we at BuildUp have thought about this for years now, and that is how we hold capacity building. We think that when you have really strong legal capacity, right, we're talking about quality thought partnership, where you can pick up the phone and talk to your counsel, to the lawyer for your organization and say, I have a problem that I want to think through with you. That is thought partnership. How often are folks doing that, right? Or thinking about that as part of capacity building. When you have strong legal capacity, you have an advisor and a problem solver, someone who is coming to help you solve problems. They just happen to have legal expertise and experience, right? They're coming to help guide the conversation based on that expertise and experience. We're also talking about how you have built up legal systems within your organizations, frameworks. How do people work when you have the compliance needs within a 501c3 organization? Have you set up systems within your organization so that people understand, okay, well, when I engage in this kind of transaction or do this kind of work, I need to think about A, B, and C. And if I don't, or I have these questions, I can raise them with this person, or I should have these kinds of questions if this thing happens. That is the 
beauty of having strong legal systems and frameworks. And that is part of your capacity building, right? That then leads into being really proactive. What does that mean? Do you have templates? Are those templates vetted? They're not templates that were created 10 years ago after looking at some other organization's templates and you decided, oh, I guess I'll use that as my consulting agreement, right? Or I guess I'll use that as my vendor agreement, or I'll take whatever agreements are coming my way because I just don't understand the value of having a strong vetted template. Why? This all comes down to risk management. The more you use your own templates and the stronger they are, the lower your risk and exposure in different transactions, right? You're able to better manage risk. So templates are not just, I'll just use a template, right? There's thought behind that. And when you have strong legal capacity, this is when it comes through throughout the organization about the importance of templates and uh, making sure that they're vetted and that they actually reflect the organization itself. Do you have a legal partner that allows your work, your templates, your agreements to be values aligned, right? So it's not just, oh, do you have the legal agreement? Do you have this template? No. Is it aligned with the organization's values, right? The way you contract, the way you negotiate, is that values aligned? That's what it means to have a legal advisor and a thought partner who's working alongside you and saying, this is how we're going to contract in a way that aligns with the organization's values. Now we have another podcast about what values-based contracting looks like, and you should definitely take a look at that. We will listen to that. We will put the link to that podcast in the episode notes so you'll have easy access to it. But realize that contracts are not just documents that you're just putting out there, right? All those provisions that folks call boilerplate, they're saying something about the way you want to engage with the other party to that transaction or to that agreement. So you want to make sure that you have someone in your corner who is able to say, I understand this organization's values and I know how they want to show up with their partners. And this is how you know we're going to engage with the other party. This is the language we're going to use. These are the terms we're going to agree to. And these are the things we cannot agree to. Right. And if you don't have somebody in your corner that can do that, you need to think about, okay, well, how are we using this contract as a tool to help us as an organization advance our mission? Because if you can't answer that, you are actually decreasing the leverage that you have and the capacity that you actually can build. Right. With entering into agreements with other parties. So at the end of the day, realize that legal capacity Having legal capacity, increasing your legal capacity is actually increasing your organization's capacity, right? It is part of capacity building. And that's what I wanted to talk with you all about today. Let's start thinking about legal capacity as part of capacity building. And it's not something that happens within the sector currently, but I really think it's so important to start holding your legal advisors, your counsel to that standard. You're part of my capacity. And so if you're not providing that kind of leverage to my organization, I don't see how we are helping to build the capacity of the organization. And so you need to seek out partners and advisors who can do that. Think about the counsel that you're working with now, right? And so I wanted to share some questions with you about how do we actually build the capacity 
how are we actually building the capacity of organizations, right? If you think about your counsel that you're working with now, the lawyers that you're working with now, how often do you call them? How often are you speaking with them? When do you call them? Are you only calling them when there's a transaction, there's an agreement to be reviewed? Are you calling them when you have an issue that you want to think through and you're really seeing them as thought partners? Are they problem solving with you? When you get on the phone, when you get on the email, do you think that problem solving is actually happening or are you just kind of reciting the facts and just saying, hey, do this contract, give the review and raise any comments that you have, right? What does that engagement look like? Do they know your organization, right? Have you shared information about your organization with your legal team? And I mean, you know, this is about weekly team meetings, things that have come up that way, strategy conversations. So not just, hey, here's our website and here's our vision and mission, but what are you doing on a weekly basis? What are the big plans that you have? Are you sharing that information? Do they know that information? Do they know who's on your team? Do they know whether your team members need to be trained in certain areas of the law because they're being exposed to it repeatedly? These are the questions we have to ask ourselves, right? Like how familiar is my legal team with my organization, with the people that work within it, with the vision that we have or our short-term strategy over the next couple of years and a longer-term strategy? And so you want to ask those questions, but also think, are you sharing that information? And if you're not, Why not? You have someone on your team that you want to help you answer a legal question, a legal issue, a legal problem, and you have not shared any of this information with them. You have to think about that. Like, what does that mean? Right? Like, what is that telling you about how you are engaging with your uh, legal team or how you're seeing legal capacity as part of your organizational capacity building? And do you find that you explain Every time you get on the call or every time you have to ask for a contract or an agreement review to be reviewed, are you explaining what your organization does? Are you explaining sort of the fundamental ways in which you work over and over and over? Because again, you have to think about how is that helping the way you engage with your legal team? What is that saying about the way you engage? Because all these questions are really key because they impact your capacity building, right? They impact your organization's strength, the way it can show up to serve and support the vulnerable and marginalized communities that you're working with. Don't think that legal is off by itself doing its own thing. And this is the kind of messaging that I've seen throughout the sector in many ways, right? Where it's sort of this idea of like, well, we just have this contract, we're going to get it reviewed, and you send it off to a lawyer, and then you get the comments back and you share it. And and that's not necessarily how you can build capacity within your organization. This may not actually be the best way. The best way may be something that looks entirely different because it then can impact how you negotiate your grant agreements, right? Your grant awards, your funding, the responsibilities that you take on as part of these agreements, the commitments that you make. Should you be making them? Do you know why you're making them? Are they aligned with what you want your organization to be doing or saying? These are the critical questions we have to be asking ourselves, right? Because this can add to or detract from our capacity, 
If you're doing things that you really should not be doing as an organization, as a leadership team, you're stepping into spaces that you really should not be in and you're over committing yourself. You are reducing the capacity that you have as a leadership team, as an organization to then show up for those communities that you're serving. So when you enter into an agreement or you're working with your legal team on an agreement, you have to ask yourself these questions because it ultimately impacts your capacity. And that concludes part one of the series. Next week, Nick will go in more depth regarding legal capacity as capacity building. Additionally, if you're interested in partnering with a law firm that leverages a global network of experienced attorneys with decades of legal training and practical experience and focuses on social impact organizations to serve as an outsourced general counsel and thought partner, then schedule a discovery call with the Campbell Law Firm today. The Campbell Law Firm works with brave nonprofits, philanthropies, philanthropists, ultra-high net worth individuals, and movements offering high-touch counsel to social impact entrepreneurs and organizations around the world. We would love to hear more about your brave mission to change the world. Thank you for listening to this episode of Nonprofit Buildup. To access the show notes, additional resources, and information on how you can work with us, please visit our website at buildupadvisory.com. We invite you to listen again next week as we share another episode about scaling impact by building infrastructure and capacity in the nonprofit sector. Keep building bravely.